Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Today's episode of Wine and Dime is sponsored by Rooted Planning Group, a fee-only financial planning firm that believes life is about events, supported by your dollars and cents. And we want to help you achieve your goals. Hop on over to www.rootedpg.com to learn more about the services. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palates that should be celebrated and not judged. Well, welcome back to the show, Carrie. We're glad to hear you on one of our final episodes in November of 2022. I can't believe we're, can't believe we're down to one month. Oh, where is this year gone? I know. Crazy. And, you know, we've been talking this month about estate planning. One of the things that we've said along the way is heading into the holidays. It's often a time where families get together quite frequently and seems like, you know, are able to talk about some of the estate planning things or some of the things around estate planning, even if it's not specific to that, it seems like it comes up in topic in general. You've got a wide variety of estate planning going on in your household from a, a teenage girl to a couple of parents that are, you know, close by to your own estate planning going on. So yes. fun, fun time in the bean household, huh? Yes. A lot of moving parts at that age where I'm in the middle, I guess. Yeah. You're a fun sandwich generation when it comes to that. Um, have Just out of curiosity, um, what are some of the things that you and Alan have talked about on the lines of estate planning? Um, so we <clears throat> we had our estate plan set up, you know, when our children were a little bit younger. Um, just having some of those documents in place in, in case something happened to both of us was really, really important to, to us and making sure our, our kids were taken care of. Um, so that that was something we did, you know, a few years ago, obviously not as quickly as we should have. Um, but we did <clears throat> we did do that. And, and we worked through, you know, I think us both having, you know, um, parents that aren't married anymore. And, and then we have siblings mm-hmm. and things like that. We had worked through like, you know, who would want to make health care decisions for us if we were in a car wreck together and couldn't make them for each other. And I think when you have, you know, big families, you're grateful um, for that. But also, you know, you kind of need to decide who's going to make those decisions for you. So we had worked through some of those things previously um and actually and carrie not not to interrupt you but i'm curious uh just you know you mentioned having parents that are divorced and remarried actually and having a blended family what how did that change the complexity of your situation 
think for us, you know, when we when we think about our children, which they're older now, but at the time when we set it up, it is hard because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But at the same time, you just you have to ultimately do what you feel like is is right and 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 make sure your wishes are heard. So. We just really talked through, you know, not only one, who do we want to do it, but but does that person have the ability to, to have to let our kids have the life that that they could potentially have had with us? You know, can can whoever you're, you know, leaving your children with take them to all the things because kids are so busy these days. Sure. You know, there are plenty of people that would want to take care of them, but having to think through all of that, you know, because with sports and school activities and things, kids have a lot going on. So it's easy to say you'll do something, but it's it's not as easy when it actually all the running around has to go on. So that was something we talked about as well. And you have another complexity in that not so much now, but a little while ago, you had a sibling that was quite a bit younger than you. What were some of the ideas that your parents had around that? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> my dad and and stepmom had set up their estate planning documents a few years ago. And uh, my brother and I have a half sister who's uh, she's actually 15 years younger than than I am. And so working through all those um, questions and kind of helping guide them uh, through that process that we use an attorney and it was actually really helpful and allowed them to think through, you know, if something did happen to them, what do they want my younger sister to have the ability to do and and leave specific instructions for the trustee because at the time she was in her early 20s and you know my parents were fearful that if they just you know handed over a you know if she was the beneficiary of one of their accounts or even a partial partial amount on one of their accounts would she make wise decisions and and it, it allowed them to they ended up setting up a trust which allowed them to set up some different steps and said you know by this age we would like to allow her to have these things. And then it seems like there was a stepping stone of maybe like 30 and 35 or something like that. Um, yeah, so that was really common. helpful. And they, they and it sounds like they set up a revocable trust. Is that correct? I believe so. I would have to go back and look. Um, but that sounds mm-hmm. accurate. So maybe this is a good opportunity as I'm thinking through this. This wasn't really planned, but a lot of people don't know the difference between an irrevocable trust and a revocable trust. So maybe taking a few minutes to just sort of walk through that and explain what those two trusts, what the difference kind of is between the two. Yeah, for me, it's just so, a big picture. And, and I'll probably let you explain that a little bit more. But when you just think about the words revocable and irrevocable, you know, can you make changes? It's the big question. You know, can I make a change to my will or trust once it's set up? Yeah. And a a revocable trust allows you to make those changes where an irrevocable trust kind of pushes it off and says it's no longer your asset in the most most cases. So you're actually moving money out of your estate. And now those changes are irrevocable. And a lot of people use them in ways I've seen like Medicare trusts are often irrevocable trusts, that sort of thing. But it sounds like your parents were probably leaning more towards, I just want to make sure that if you know she inherits something that she has a little bit of a barrier in time to mature in order to manage. Mm-hmm. 
exchange mm-hmm. the money. Right. And some people will form a trust under the will. We've seen where an actual trust is not formed during somebody's lifetime, but instead they'll have language in their will that says, if my child is under the age of such and such, and then a, a trust should be formed for their care and benefit until they reach these certain milestones. So sometimes it's not an actual trust that's established. It's under the will, they'll call it trusts that are established. So just kind of FYI for people that mm. might be listening and have heard these terms. So, I mean, that's a complexity. And then, you know, your children have delightful sets of grandparents, but because both of your parents were married and remarried, they had more than normal sets of grandparents, right? I won't <laughs> say normal, I guess today. they would have the normal in today's world, but they have yeah. more than just your mom and dad. They have your mom and dad and your stepmom and your stepdad that also very much act like parent grandparents to your children, mm-hmm. like actual yeah. biological grandparents. Yeah. And that's just your side. And then you've got Alan's side as well. So there's another layer of complexity and, and siblings involved in that case. So yeah, fun, blended family stuff. <laughs> yes. Fun, <laughs> but sometimes complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys sat down as the kids started to age. Have you changed any of the language in your plans? No, we actually need to do that. Um, And actually, what's strange is my daughter made a comment the other day. She's well, she's turned 20 in October. So she's 20 and my son is 16. Um, And she had made a comment a while back that if something had happens to us right now, that she wants to be responsible for my son. And I was like, well, you know, I don't you know, that's a that's a very lengthy conversation. But she's in college. and, And while I appreciate her, you know, caring about her brother enough to make that comment. And I don't even know what we were talking about for her to say that. Um, Hmm. But it's something that we do need to update because now, you know, her being age 20, she may think that that's, you know, the best idea and that's what should happen. But do we agree? And, you know, what does that look like for her life? So it definitely is something we need to update and needs to be talked about. Um, Hopefully nothing happens. But I think it's one of those things people think, oh, well, I've got all my things um, set up and put in place. But life passes so quickly and and time changes things that it needs to be something. You know, I know in our practice, we we at least try to talk to clients about, are there any changes in your life? Do your estate planning documents need to be updated? And sometimes that feels like, oh, why are we always asking these questions? But the truth is life happens and time passes quickly. And just like in our situation, our documents do need to be updated. Yeah. So we we typically tell people to review that about every three to five years, uh, you know, especially as I would say bef- when their kids are younger, you know, because about yeah. every three to five years, it's changing along those lines. But that's not to say that once you get to 65 or 70, you shouldn't review them every three to five years either. And it's not just your will and your trust documents. It's also your power of attorney and your healthcare proxy. And every year we encourage people to review their beneficiaries. <laughs> There's been a number of times that, you know, we've said to somebody, you know, here's who your beneficiary is. And they are like, oh, well, I didn't really want that. (laughs) Like, well, it's been that way for three years. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess um, we better change that. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking about that earlier, mentioning my daughter, you know, she she opened a a Roth IRA when she was a minor. And then now we've transitioned it to it's a regular Roth IRA. And so when we were making that change and talking about it, you know, she's not married and she's in college. So talking to her about who her beneficiary should be. And then, 
you know, she may be married in the next four or five years. So that's something that she'll be changing and updating. So it does happen quickly. Any suggestions as people, I know it's not the most fun talk topic to talk about, but are there fun ways that you and your family have brought this topic up and, and have discussed it that listeners might be able to use that technique in order to do the same thing with their family? I don't know that fun comes to mind. I think there there can be, a t- you know, with, with my, my dad and stepmom, I think they were actually going on vacation with my sister. And they went to Australia and it, it provoked an opportunity for me to bring it up. So I think while, you know, they were getting to go do something fun, you know, a lot of those things, you know, things can happen when they're gone. And I just use that as an opportunity to bring up to my dad and stepmom, like, hey, not that I think anything's going to happen to you guys, but if something did, you know, we would love for things to be taken care of ahead of time. So walking them through <laughs> that and getting them started on that. Um, and it, it's one of those things. I think it can be a hard conversation, but I think it's better to have those hard conversations, especially in blended families like I come from and my husband comes from. Mm-hmm. The more you mm-hmm. can get taken care of ahead of time, even when the conversations are hard, when you're true and authentic to your heart and you, you really just want what's best for your parents, I think getting that stuff out and, and talking about it ahead of time is so important. You know, not waiting until it's too late. Yeah, not not waiting until it's too late because that causes some additional family drama often Mm -hmm. on top of an already dramatic and hard, you know, hard situation. Mm -hmm. And when you think about little tips to talk to your children about, I mean, this is not this is not a topic that you won't necessarily want to have. Hey, you know, if something happens to mom and dad, especially at the age that your kids are at, Mm -hmm. talking to them about you not being around um, may be very challenging for them to hear Mm -hmm. how I mean, I think that Raylan is an amazing young lady and she just is so, she's an old soul, I would call her. Mm -hmm. She just has a lot. She thinks a lot more maturely than a lot of people her age do, in my experience. But what are some of the ways that you guys have brought that up that even would have prompted her to say, you know, hey, if something ever happens, I'm going to, I want to take care of my brother. Yeah, I I think just the the closeness of our the four of us were really close and just knowing how important the last few years of his high school, you know, finishing out high school and mm-hmm. and her thinking through, you know, him wanting him to have the same life he has right now. I think that's probably just I can't I cannot remember what prompted that conversation, um, but just. I don't know, thinking through that and she she's very thoughtful and everything, but we're fortunate that my parents live close by. And so I'm sure it would work out fine. Um, mm-hmm. But I can't think of necessarily anything particular that we, we probably actually need to have a, an updated conversation about that. Um and just talk through everything with them, what would happen and and actually probably making my daughter aware of who we put as trustee on our estate planning documents, because I, I don't even think she's aware of, you know, and in her mind, she's probably thinking, well, I'm 20 and these are my parents and this is my responsibility. But, you know, when we set those documents up, we didn't do that. So she's not, you know, set up as the trustee and knowing her, she'll 
she'll want to make sure everything's taken care of. Um, but letting her know and making her understand like this is how it's set up and these are the reasons we've set this up this way. So maybe educating mm-hmm. her around and even my mm-hmm. son, he'll he'll be 17 soon. And just making them aware of like this is what we did and this is why we did it. It's to protect you, you know. Right. So, right. you know, you don't have to worry about some of the things that you shouldn't have to at this point in your life. So just that conversation needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think as we head in, I mean, you you all will be together around the holidays. Everybody will be home and, and you'll engage in conversations. And I, I think your kids are old enough and mature enough. And I think that maturity factor does come into play. But I think they're old enough and mature enough to, to and and you can bring it up in such a way that it's kind of a like, like you said, I don't know that fun is a good definition of that, but it's <laughs> educational, you know, and, it is for and sure. in a way that it's, um, it's not threatening, like there's nothing wrong with you there, your health is good, all that is, is great. But um, it, it's something that at least you, you know, that because again, Raylan, I think would, would wonder why you didn't name her, mm-hmm. not realizing that the documents were drafted well before she was her current age, right? right. And at what point in time would you make that modification? and change to actually have her named as your your trustee. And I'm, you know, that's something that you and Alan may have a conversation with her about as well as yourselves as she gets a little bit older and more mature. And then I know a lot of people have what I've seen them done, and this is not legal advice in any way, shape or form. It's something you should talk to your attorney about if, if you're interested. But there have been a few cases where a family has named, let's say, you know, they're 22 or 23 year old as their executrix or executor or as the trustee. And they've named what's called a trust protector alongside it. So it's somebody that kind of is there to help guide you know, you through the process should something ever happen. And that way they don't feel completely alone with the process, nor can they be taken advantage of, hopefully because of the trust protector. But that's just another kind of little tip if you have some young adults that are named as your executor or trustee or executrix. Uh, in general. Any other tips that you would want to mention to people as we wrap up uh, the end of the the fun season? Haha, <laughs> I laugh and you, I have air quotes. <laughs> fun season of estate planning conversations and move into the holidays. The only thing that really comes to my mind is I think a lot of people think, I don't know if a lot of people think it, but just in general, some some will say, I don't necessarily think that we need a trust or they don't understand what a trust is. And I think it was really helpful for me when I was learning about estate planning that a trust is just something that helps you distribute your assets over time versus, you know, a will just naming someone, you know, or a beneficiary, you know, this money goes to this person. Um, a trust just allows you a little bit more flexibility. And I encourage people to not be, you know, intimidated by that process of setting up a trust. You know, it's not just for, you know, ultra wealthy people. It can be for everyone. And thinking through like, you know, for example, my, my sister being so young. Um, that that trust allowed my parents to set it up in a way where she was able she's able to receive some money at this age and, and some other money at, at another age, which is which is probably how we should have that conversation with for my children. You know, if something mm-hmm. happened to both of us, we don't want them, you know, although they are they are good kids and they're smart. I'm not sure they're ready to make 
big financial decisions at this point in their life. So I think a trust mm-hmm. is something that if you don't understand it or you, you're just intimidated by that process, it's something to seriously consider and, and don't be intimidated by it. Yeah. Thank you for that tip. I think it's great. Well, Carrie, thanks so much for being on the show today. And for those that have been waiting patiently for the wine recommendation, I will tell tell you that we're wrapping up the month with Airly Winery. Airly was one of the wineries that we visited out in Oregon. Monmouth was the name of the town that Airly was located in. And uh, they have some amazing holiday gift ideas on their website currently available. Brent and I received our first club pack uh, as subscribers to their uh, club and have been so delighted with the wines that we've been tasting. So their website, if you're interested, is Airly, Air, excuse me, Airly Winery. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. But they do have some really great um, great uh, holiday packages out there. If you're looking for something unique and different to send your friends and family, we would recommend them. We've been very delighted by the wine coming out of that region. And Carrie, if you were closer, I would share a bottle of wine with you, but may have a one instead. <laughs> Well, thanks for being on the show again, Carrie. I hope you and your family have a wonderful holiday. And for those of you listening, we hope that you enjoyed today's show. We ask you to hop on over if you can and uh, share it with your friends if there's something in particular that you liked. Uh, We always uh, appreciate you as, as our listeners and would love it if you would share it with your friends and families and rate us on iTunes so that more people like you can find us. Happy holidays, everyone. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.